Digital Digital Get Down. Episode 80. We are up to 80 episodes. That's an amazing achievement. I know we've been a little bit patchy lately with uh, uploading them every week or every few weeks. we got to keep people on their toes. Not a weekly podcast. No. We never made any promises. But we're snowed in this weekend in you're early, not, mid-October. We're not snowed in, but it did snow. That was almost a I considered us snowed in because I refused Yesterday to go Yesterday it was outside. like a voluntary snowed in situation <laughs> where you were like, I see snow, it's October, we are not leaving the house. Although I remember getting snowed in in Boston on... Uh, Halloween one year. Yes, we like literally couldn't go out and dressed yeah. up and just sat on the couch. Correct. You were um, Red Sox chicken wings. I was, yeah, fat, drunk Red Sox pitchers. And I was the Marauder's map. You were, yeah, I was a sexy map. I just, well, mostly because since we didn't leave the house, I didn't put any pants No pants. On. No pants. Yeah, just tights. Yep. Not leggings, like tights. That's when our child was conceived. <laughs> that is not when our child was conceived. <laughs> that was like eight years ago. I still need to figure out my Halloween costume for this year, though. You I'm really mostly... do. This is like a once in a, I a know. blue moon shot that you get I know, this. but you don't like the one that I want to do for the if we go to a party. What was that? I want to do like beer belly, like like old dude beer belly costume. Yeah, I don't like that. I know. It would be funny, though, and it would be so comfy. Mm. I could just wear like... You really shouldn't cross-dress in this. Plaid pajama pants. In this social era. Plaid pajama pants. Your bathrobe. A wife you're beater not, tank you're top. You're not fat enough to pull it off. I think I am. The way that my belly is, hmm. it would pop in this perfect spot. No. I'll test it out sometime. Okay. And then I have to come up with an easy one for school. Yeah. I'm either thinking magic eight ball. Okay. Black shirt and just an eight. Yeah. Or people pump- gonna be rubbing you a lot. I they already do. <laughs> um. Or a jack o' lantern would yeah, be easy. That one's safe. Would be a safe one. Mm-hmm. Someone just make a gong outside of our house? <laughs> that was my stomach. Oh, shit. <laughs> well, I literally thought that was a gong. Um, if it's cold, I could do a snowman. Yeah. I saw that one. Mm. That gets a little weird, though, with, like, boobs and face. <laughs> so, like, I guess my is my head the face? Yeah, I don't think it works. I would go. I would just buy I one of the I was going to do baseball, but Red Sox aren't in it, so... Mm. I don't really want to be ripped about that all day. Yeah. You told me not to buy the jack-o'-lantern t-shirt last time we were at Target. That's not great. I was just going to take the orange sweater that I have and just put put, put cut-ups on it. I'm all for a make-it-yourself, make it do-it-yourself costume. I also saw um, a Monsters, Inc. one that was funny. Uh-huh. Mike Wazowski. Right. The big guy. No. The, the eyeball the guy. Ball. I had a 50-50 <laughs> shot. Hot damn. Hot damn. <laughs> We've been rewatching Brooklyn Nine Nine. If you were wondering where that was coming from, um, or the Kool Aid Man, but you thought that was too creepy. With the bricks, <laughs> well, he's like, busting through a wall. That joke's like so old now. People need to move on from the Kool Aid Kool Aid Man joke. I don't like that either. I don't like any of these. Then come up with a better one. You mm. just told me it's a once in a lifetime chance. <laughs> if we're gonna do um, a couple's costume. Uh huh. You could still be Kylo Ren, and mm-hmm. I could be the Death Star. That's but, but it's not a like that's the baby's costume. Like you're just wearing a black shirt. Exactly. I don't. I don't like it. It should be a, a I unit. S- I still think this is my best bet. Margie from uh, Margie from Fargo. Yeah. I literally. That's literally the coat. The maternity coat. I. We need to buy you a Minnesota hat, though. I can borrow one from someone. Yeah. That she just would be wears funny. gloves, that yeah. hat. I can just like print out a sheriff's star thing like yeah. she like this person did. Yeah. Hold a coffee cup and I just might have to like wear a pair of your khakis or something. Yeah. Because mine don't fit. Yeah. With boots. Like that would be pretty funny. That's pretty funny, yeah. Depends on how cold the house is though that we're going to the party at. I couldn't wear that all day at school. This is all on the contingency that we're going somewhere, which is uh Well that's why I was thinking I need two costume plans. I need one like easy one for school. Yeah. And then I need one that can be slightly more interesting or edgy. Well, you have your bell dress and you have your Ray from Star Wars. I think you should just make either of those pregnant and show women that, yeah, they don't have to compromise. There's a funny Ray. If one. Ray wants to sit out this last movie and have a child, 
That's her decision. See, I don't like the snowman one because the face is the oh, boobs. It gets weird. Dumb. You won't be Juno with me either, so. No. Fine. Okay. We'll do some more Glad research. Glad we spent five minutes on that. Yeah. Um, so it's October. It's snowing. Mm -hmm. It's a raging Sunday night. Yes. Watching more baseball that I don't care about. I have watched so much baseball that I don't care about in the past week and a half. Uh, well, I'm going to get into that in my bad news, but I discovered the magic that is Hallmark Harvest movies this weekend, <laughs> which I, I should have known was a genre, uh, a subgenre. I am still pretty convinced they filmed them all the same day. Yeah. Just had the same set and just <laughs> rotated in the actors. Lacey, you're in this one now. Yep. Now you say... Wow, it's really magical time of year right I here. wish we could stay. Yeah. Little kid, you're next. No, nope, wrong little kid. Yeah. yeah. Um, Wear some flannel. There's not enough flannel in this shot. Who's There's some extra apples in the background there. There's not enough apples. No, we're doing pears for this one. That was a great, great twist, great twist on How the genre. How do we make this the same movie, but make it different? I know. We'll make it pears, not apples. Oh, man. Um, so, yeah. I don't know what else to say about that. And I, like, maybe should be concerned that you are the one that flips to the Hallmark Channel more mm -hmm. than I do, but it is very good background TV. Yeah. And I'm sick of baseball, so I'm not going to complain about your background Hallmark watching when I there's mean, no baseball I mean, Australia had that Gogglebox show where you would watch people watch TV. I feel like we, we could bring that here for Hallmark. Yes. I think having us picture-in-picture picture or vice versa, like... That would be. I don't an think picture in picture because, like, the state that I'm generally in when we watch mm. them is. No, not, that's part of the appeal of Gogglebox. Yeah. Of like, kind of like when you yell at the Olympics when you're like on the couch yeah. eating yeah. Cheetos, like, yeah. similar idea. I'm like, oh, look at all the flannel she's wearing as I'm like in <laughs> like flannel pajamas. I haven't changed in three days. She was a world-renowned surgeon who was just blowing off all of her dying patients for one man with arthritis for a harvest festival. Like, plan your trip better so you're there for the festival. <laughs> My God. Um, I was thinking more like a director's commentary type thing. Yeah. Where it's just like a voiceover and you don't you don't really need to hear the dialogue in these movies. <laughs> yeah, that's um, funny. So you could just hear us talking and then just watch what's happening in the movie. Yeah. Um, so I guess I'll go ahead and do my good news and bad news since you offered. Um, my good news... Is that I'm wearing an American Eagle shirt of yours from... You're getting so much use out of my, my fat kid wardrobe. It's the perfect size for me right yeah. now. It's the right length and the right girth yeah. for my belly right now. Mm -hmm. And it's a bunch of stuff we were going to give away. You can just and... go for Halloween as millennial teenager. It's true. I could just go as Bennett circa 2004. That would be a very, very like nuanced <laughs> costume. A real, real uh, <laughs> niche costume. I don't yeah. think most people would understand. Like the time you told me to go as John Green and I just wore my glasses and I think that was it. All you need to do is carry one of his books around. For mm. in the, in, with those glasses and that hair length you had, everyone thought you were John Green. Mm. That picture just came up on my uh, Facebook timeline of when we were on our honeymoon. Yeah. Stopped in Orlando. Yeah. And there's a picture of you, you drinking butterbeer and people thought it was a picture of John Green. Multiple people that commented. That was my peak John Green. That was really... It was peak John Green. Right, yeah. His had, peak, not my peak. Yes. Yeah. Because um, you had the scruff, a little bit longer hair, and the yeah. glasses. But we're binging looking for Alaska right now, so... Oh, God, no, we're not. Um, I didn't really have any good news, but I did finish my, uh, my Don DeLillo reading Thank you, experience. baby Jesus. Thank you, infant Jesus. Yeah. I knew you would be pleased about this. I, we just watched that part in Talladega Nights where he goes I missed on, it, but yeah. He goes on and on about baby Jesus. Yeah. Eight pounds, six ounces, <laughs> swaddled in a manger. <laughs> um, so yeah, I limped. I really limped to the finish line. Um, ironically, the last book is one that I actually liked more than pretty much every other did one. Did you do things consecutively? Did you I go did. in backwards order or forwards order? Uh, chronological order. It was like 15 books. So you started with the oldest and went yeah. forward? Yeah. So the most recent one you read you liked the most? Yeah. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. So it was kind of like Hatred, then White Noise, which I still enjoyed, but it was ruined because of I saw what he was doing with all of his previous stuff. Then on a really long stretch of terrible stuff, 
with that weird hockey book mixed in, which I actually really enjoyed, then terrible stuff, then some awful post-9-11 stuff, and then one that was almost readable. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, we've talked about it before. It was a good cleansing Ad exercise. Um, I think I have a list here. Is I that think this man's real name? Gio Ur Ursula? Yeah, it's not a great name. Yikes. Um, almost as bad as Glaber Torres. Uh, the worst one is Balfour. How's yeah, that, that was a really bad name. Um, so I think Paul Auster and Kurt Vonnegut are the only other two. I'd like to do the Vonnegut one yeah. with you at We're going to buy a full set sometime. The problem is I keep seeing just one-offs of that, that modern yeah. design that I like. Yeah. But I never see them as a set. Like, oh, they sell them individually. Why do they not do that? Even at the bookstore today... In Stillwater, they had yeah. a couple of them, yeah. but like they don't have a whole set. It's like the one mm. time I've been annoyed about having to buy books individually and not as a set. Maybe someone on like eBay or something will have grouped them together. Maybe for us. I even looked on Amazon to see if they would do like a suggested thing. Yeah, no, no. it's not smart. No. Um, I'll keep going since we started talking about baseball. So my bad news is. The fact that we live in this metropolitan district. Yeah. Um, the a, twins were just A community pathetic. that was, that started the year, like, could not care less about baseball. Could not put butts in seats. They were, like, begging people to right. come to the, the games. And it, it was one of the examples where it's like, you didn't put a competitive team on the field last year, so this is what you get. Prove to us that they're competitive. And then they Lo did. and behold, they were. Now, looking back, they beat a lot of bad teams many times. But they had the best record in and their they division had for a while. A home run record. Hit the most home like, runs as a team. Ever. ever. Not just yeah. this season, like ever. Yeah. Um most home runs as a team. Most players are to have over thirty home runs and over twenty home runs. Okay, you spewing the, the analytics. Um so I wouldn't say that the fan community here was like optimistic they going like into the playoffs. Embracing them, but they it were was really like... they were really embracing the rally towels. Man, so much so much angst about the rally towels. None of the the children even cared though. Oh, at your school? No. The teachers talked about it a bit. Yeah. The the final uh, post mortem mm -hmm. was that they didn't pay for it. They don't have pitching. Oh, yeah. They had absolutely no pitching, and that's what, even if you can hit, it doesn't matter if the other team can also hit, and Correct. you have no pitching. Correct. Yeah. Um, that, that was what embarrassed me the most, because, like, when I was younger, I mean, teams always had, you had a five-person starting rotation. Yeah. Typically, you'd have three really strong starters, maybe a fourth really young or older veteran who, uh, you know... Is reliable, but not... Solid, but yeah, not... exactly. Not going to win the Cy Young. And then, yeah, a fifth kind of wild card. So going into the playoffs, the most you would ever need is four, because of the day's off. So you take your best four. And then you have some a handful of sure. relief pitchers. And the hardest decision used to be, who's who gets that fourth spot? Is it the yeah. this guy or this guy? Now, not just... Or when just... to take out that first person to yeah. put in your reliever, because the first person would go six innings. Yeah. And then put in your reliever, and then you might have a closer. But, yeah... Like, separate from just the Twins, all the other teams this year seem to have two, three starting pitchers max. And they have, like, or, or, sorry, or yeah. they have one superstar, yeah. and then, like, six kind of awful yeah. other people that can just Off the scrap heap. get them yeah. through until the superstar comes back. Yeah, and it's like, there's not a ton of injuries and stuff in play here. It just seems like this is how they've built their teams, which just boggles my mind a bit. And so, yeah, the Twins in particular... Uh, they pitched Barreos game one, and he should have been their ace, and he was fading down the stretch, so okay. Um, he struggles in game one. They lose game one, and they decide to put out... Like, astoundingly lose yeah. game one. They decide to put out the Uber driver, who's been in the ML, who's been in the major leagues for a month and a half. And looks like he lives yeah. in his Uber. Yeah. I could have seen if you had won game one, and you were like, let's try to sneak out a second victory and hope this guy gets lucky... But instead, your entire season was, like, hanging in the balance on this guy's shoulders. And then shoulders. you lose, astoundingly. Correct. Again. And then they, they actually pitch their second decent pitcher, who made the All-Star team this year in Game 3. He gives them a decent start, but they can't get a single hit. Yeah. 
Do you think that's because there's been more of a focus on hitting? Like, people don't want to see pitchers' duels? Like, when we were little, do you remember the um, Clemens versus Randy uh, Johnson? Johnson? Mm -hmm. Like, that was, like, a big thing that season. Like, there was that one season where it was about breaking the home run record, and you had Sammy Sosa and Mm -hmm. what's-his-face cheater. Mark McGuire, 1998. I know, the other one. Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds. Mark McGuire. You had that whole era where it was like chasing the home run record. Correct. But like within that same decade, Mm -hmm. you had like the pitching duel. You had Pedro Martinez in that era. Yeah. Yeah. You had really solid, and I'm not saying you don't have star pitchers now, but but I'm just saying you had, people got excited about pitchers. Pedro Mm -hmm. was my favorite player. I have a shirt and hat from when I, my first Red Sox team when I was like nine. Yeah. That was Pedro. Yeah. And so now people get excited about bullpenning when you pitch seven pitchers to get through nine innings and everyone just pitches an inning and a third. Which is atrocious. Yeah. And it's just a waste of pitchers. Speaking as a pitcher, too. Mm-hmm. So do you think there's just like less emphasis on pitching because people care more about batting and they're trying to like make it a more exciting game? The experts or... will tell you that this year the ball was juiced. Now, anytime, anytime there's a shift in statistics, if pitchers go up, people say the ball has been adjusted what to help this, pitchers. Deflate gate? And then, yeah, and then when the the hitting stats go up, people say the ball is juiced. Maybe your pitchers just suck this year. Yeah, it's a two way stream. Are are the good pitchers blowing out in? high school and college is it an issue with the pipeline everybody getting uh tommy john surgery kind of i mean Mm. if if kids these days have to specialize so much earlier and do all these travel teams and stuff like a lot earlier so is it a a problem of the pipeline of people dropping out is it a problem of of what the fans want and they don't care about pitching find out next week on digital digital get down Sports edition. Um, my other bad news was iOS 13. I know what a typical white girl thing to do is to complain about your iOS update. But, yeah. Do you don't know what a Visco girl is? No. Did you look it up? No. Look it up for us on air. It's got to be made up. I have a Fjall Raven backpack that I got. It's a Christmas mm-hmm. gift last year that I only wanted because I watched Scam. Right. It's a white girl thing to have. It's a white girl thing to have. Mm-hmm. But I also like liked it before it was cool. Like, I wanted it from Scam, which is, it's Norwegian. Are they extra cool here because of the Scandinavian connection? I don't, well, maybe. In Minnesota, mm, you mean? That's what I'm saying. Maybe. Visco girl is a term generally used as an insult for a young white woman who posts trendy pictures of herself mm. edited on the app Visco. God, it's Wow, didn't app. even know the app existed. Stereotypes include wearing scrunchies and Birkenstock sandals. Drinking out of hydro flask reusable water canisters. What's a hydro flask? This isn't you. You've been mislabeled. Saying sks and I oop and generally seeking attention online. Wow. I, I knew I was disconnected from the zeitgeist, but wow. TikTok. It's from TikTok, that's why. But you said it was from Visco. Visco mm. was like an editing thing inside of the tiktok you can edit with filters on social media and then you put it on the tiktok i think we should just start reviewing technology perfectly and enviably attractive pictures online that is not me i never post pictures of myself online you're not an insta influencer 90s aesthetic that's coming back including scrunchies the color yellow friendship bracelets (laughs) high-waisted jean shorts baggy tie-dye tops birkenstock sneakers Lifestyle trends include health fads, using eco-friendly products, using disposable cameras, and taking pictures of hangouts with friends in coyly free-spirited definitions. Wow. Okay, babe. Hit us with some news. Um, Well, one of my bad news is just flashed across our screen a minute ago. What was that? Target Circle? Yeah. I still don't get it. Yeah. So, like, I'm a little bit obsessed with Target lately because we have uh, one of our registries on, baby registries on Target. We're happy to accept uh, gifts from the podcast um, community out there. So, I, like, look at Target a lot nowadays mm-hmm. because I'm, like, You know when someone's in stock, registry, you know when it's out of stock. Like, if they just put some new baby stuff up there. So, I was looking at that. They have some good maternity clothes and nursing clothes that are, like, relatively 
affordable. I don't know. I signed up for Target Circle, and I still don't know what it is. Uh, there, there's been a bunch of stuff on their website that's like, if you're a Target Circle member, you get 20% off this item. So they're really pushing it. I think they just want to sell my cell phone number to people. Probably. And I'm just going to get 10 times as many car warranty uh, phone calls and voicemails. But yeah, the commercials for it are are not helpful. It they basically focuses on sense. on the dog in a garden saying that you're going to help your community. Well, there was one thing like the points that you earn, you can then, do you know what, um, what was that burger place in Australia? Yeah, um, 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 does it have the word burger in it? It was called, um... There was the one in Flinders Street? In the train. Oh, not Flinders Street. Southern Cross Station? It's called, um... And you could put the tokens? Yeah. In the thing? Yeah. This is not a reference um, anybody is going to understand anyways. Oh, what was it called? City, good, no, um... (laughs) Um, grill, 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 grilled. I got it. Grilled. With an right. apostrophe D. Grilled. <laughs> um, that had the, like, zucchini fries and stuff. Correct. You, you pick know, your charity. Yeah, you got, like, a token with yeah. every meal. And you could put it and, like, vote for a charity and they would give a donation. It seems kind of like that model. Where, like, right. you earn points every time you, like, make a purchase at tar- Target. And then you can vote on, like, local, um charities that will get money but from those Target? things can be very straightforward like i like the brand ten tree you buy a shirt they plant ten trees they tell you where they planted them move on with your life i feel like target's just trying to get some press about like look some at how social much they donate responsibility to communities. yeah corporate CSR. but i don't understand what it, do- what it does for me it seems like you get one percent off unless you have a target card which we already do and you just continue to get five yeah. percent off so it doesn't change anything yeah I just, I know many, I know how many people they employ in these Twin Cities, and it just terrifies me to think about how many man and woman hours were put into yeah, something Yeah, the marketing that, team, the size of the marketing yeah. team. And, and the computer no people sense. to get it ready for this sign-up system. Yeah. Wow. Um, the age we live in. The more you know. I'm going to switch back to good news for a second, and then okay. switch back to bad news. Is that okay? Is that how this works? Um... I don't really have a ton of good news, but mm. my one good news is that your favorite singer, Lizzie. Yeah. It's um, Lizzo, actually. <laughs> oh, thanks, honey. Minnesota um, Vikings. Yeah. Uh, I'm a fan of hers. Not like a... Oh, you're a white girl and you're a fan of Lizzo? Not like a Visco. giant... Not like a giant fan, but like I enjoy her music and I think she's You're not cool. a stan? Can you... Why do you... Do you use the word stan? No. Okay, good. Moving on. Um, But she... I... One of the things that I really admire about her is that she found a way to, like, use her flute yep. in her performances and her songs. It's right up your alley. Which is just very impressive, speaking as someone who played the flute and, like, could not have imagined it being cool in flute. 2019. Yeah. Um, we went from, like, making fun of jazz flute. Jazz flute, yeah. Um, to having, like, hip-hop flute where people twerk to it. With the twerking, yeah. Yeah. Um, and there was a whole article about how much of a band geek she was. And then there was just a little clip of a video where they surprised her with her, like, former band teacher Aww. on air. Um, did she have to do marching band? Yes. Nice. She did marching band. I would probably like to talk to her about the stress of trying to find the uniform that fits you. Probably. She... I feel like we could have a good chat about that. Yeah. <laughs> I told you I had a nightmare really the other like... night. And there was a terrorism incident, but the bigger issue was we ended up having to blend into a marching band. And I, there was no uniform. There were plenty of uniforms there for me, but there was just the stress of trying to find them was what did me in. That day was just the worst, no matter what size you were. It was like, go into the racks and try and put on pants. I hated that room that- so much. I hated that room so much. None of them even fit an average size person. <laughs> like you put them on and they'd be like a foot oh, too man. short. So I use so many safety so pins. Wide. Freshman year, so many safety pins to get through. <laughs> Are we wearing our plumes today? <laughs> I saw Brand in the forecast, I don't think we should be wearing our plumes. that out. Oh my god, those white pants that we had to wear for the parade. <laughs> she doesn't have her black shoes! She doesn't have her black shoes! <laughs> I feel like it also could have been like a Wimbledon incident where it's like, what color are the yeah. underwear underneath <laughs> the white pants for the parade? Oh my gosh. Anyway. Next. So it was fun reading and seeing about her being a band geek because I feel like a lot of people that become famous, especially in like a hip hop or yeah. kind of like 
cool pop way are not like, yeah, I was an absolute band. He can do marching band, and I like that she's owning that. Good. Um, a couple other quick bad news is Sesame Street. I heard you yell about this. HBO mom. is putting it behind a paywall, so new episodes will go on HBO first and only air on PBS like way later. Really? Really, and people are very upset because the Jim Henson who did Sesame yeah. Street and like the originators of Sesame Street, like the entire point of it was for low income kids who like yeah. couldn't afford to go to kindergarten or preschool, like could learn. PBS is like the one free station. It's the one free station. It was meant to be like accessible education for all kids. Mm -hmm. Like that was the whole point of Sesame Street was to help all kids learn. It was like a letter of the week and they have, they've done, they've done a really good job. It seems not that I watch a lot of Sesame Street now, but they, it seems they've done a good job of trying to keep up with the times they have, uh, one of the puppets has autism Mm -hmm. and I've read some good stories about how that has like helped kids understand other kids with autism they recently introduced a character whose mom has um an addiction problem to talk about that in a kid-friendly way so it's see it's just so against the entire mission of the show to have it on like one of the premium channel channel that's known for being premium and non-accessible nudity when the whole point of sesame street was to be accessible to everyone so mike dropped uh, the other bad news I have comes from Australia. Hmm. Not about grilled. What did they do? Um, I didn't read the full article, mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm speculating a little bit here. That's what we do. Um, but they're finally gonna stop letting people climb Uluru. Yep. Airs Rock. Yep. And so, how people reacted to this. Oh boy. Was thousands of people flocked there to climb it before they were told that before like it was officially told mm-hmm. that they're not allowed to climb it meaning you can't go at all or you have to go with one of those guides you can't climb it you can yeah. go to it you cannot climb to the top of it I got it. because the it's very offensive to the indigenous australians mm-hmm. because that's like a sacred site of theirs right. and they've asked many many times that people not climb it mm-hmm. and when we went hiking um in Darwin and outback areas. You you would see signs that would be like, please don't swim in this, or please don't go in this area. It's a sacred site or a ceremonial site. And some people didn't respect them, but we tried to respect them Mm -hmm. when we saw them. But it's been, for many, many years, uh, a contentious issue because the indigenous Australians don't want people Mm -hmm. climbing the Uluru. You can go there and look at it and take pretty pictures of it at sunset. They just don't want you climbing it because people trash it, they don't treat it well, and it's a sacred site of theirs. Uh, so I guess they're finally going to do something about it. And people reacted by being like, oh, you don't want us climbing this and you're going to close it off. We're all going to climb it now. Mm -hmm. And it was horrific. Not shocked. My last bad news. I'm going to go for it this week. Okay. We're starting at the 20, we're already 28 minutes in. Talked a lot about Halloween costumes. My last bad news is like not... It's like a medium bad news slash a topic that's been mm-hmm. weighing heavily Stewing. on me. Um, so Wayward Son was the book I was probably most excited about this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's announced that she's coming out with a third one. You have to say the person's name. Oh, sorry. Rainbow Rowell. Yes. Who we're discussing for a little while here. Um, so Carry On is her first book, which I made you read. We talked about it on a previous podcast. Elizabeth was here in front of the Elizabeth show. Elizabeth was here. Uh, she announced that there was going to be a sequel, and I was very excited about it. And then, before I had even had a chance to read the se- read the sequel, she announced it's a trilogy, and there'll be a third one. Of course, it is very irritating because she went with a Kansas song, "Carry On My Wayward Son," uh, for the sequel. But for the third in the series, she went back to "Carry On" and then made it a Queen reference. Anyway, the wind blows. Is the third is the third book. Yeah. Mixing songs bothers me. So it's not There's a be lot a, of good options mm, in that Kansas song. Yeah. For other... There's other wind... There's even wind... Wind options. Mm. If she wanted to go with the wind theme. Got it. Anyways. Uh, didn't love Wayward Son. I enjoyed certain aspects of it. But I didn't love it. I don't know if... I've been in a bit of a reading slump. It's brave of you, honey. I've been in a bit of a reading slump with school being busy and me not feeling well and being tired with growing this baby. So 
I don't know if it's partially just like I wasn't really in a reading mood, mm-hmm. despite being like objectively excited for it. Um, I don't know if it's just the tone of the book was very different than you I don't expected. Have to try to excuse it, or I don't know if it's because of some of this drama surrounding her books. How active is this drama nowadays? Pretty active. It's like recent drama. So it's drama that came back up again because one side of the book internet it was excited about this new book and wanted to promote Rainbow Rowell and talking about how much they love her. Mm-hmm. And then there's the flip side of the internet that very much doesn't like her and wants her not necessarily canceled, Cancel. but wants people to not support her or be more judicious about supporting her. Mm-hmm. Reason being, not for these books, but for Eleanor and Park, mm-hmm. which we also did in this podcast, I think. Probably said lots of nice things. Um, probably said lots of nice things. This is coming from two white people who are not the most nuanced with race dynamics because we grew I up knew in an Asian person in high school. <laughs> sure. So did I. An Asian person. Our token Asian person in our high school. Um... So it's hard for me to judge some of these, um, some of these allegations, if you will, or, uh, critiques as a white person who grew up in a white place. Mm -hmm. And I don't, I will be the first to admit that I don't always see racial issues. They don't jump out at me at first glance. I've been trying to be better with the school that I work at and with the era of the world and of America that we're in been trying to educate myself more and be more aware of it but it's not always the first thing that jumps out at me but i we i reread eleanor and park recently mm-hmm. even while that stuff is more in my mind and still didn't notice some yeah. of this stuff but they have some valid points yeah. if they pull out certain sections of the book there is a lot of racial fetish fetishism mm-hmm. fetishizing by the female character about the male character. By the character. female character about the male character. That's kind of damaging. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of um, stereotypes about the mom. Yeah. They literally describe her as like a China doll. Yeah. There's a lot of um, self-hate from the main character, one of the main characters, Park, mm-hmm. about his own race. And it's hard to figure out if that's just, if the way that she wrote it was intentional because it was problematic, because it meant to be like the 80s, mm-hmm. and they were like the only Asian family. So like, is it meant to be uh, kind of a self-critique in itself, or is she just racist the way that she wrote it? Hmm. Supposedly, after some of the original allegations backlash. came out, mm-hmm. or the original backlash years ago, she came out and like kind of apologized for not being as Mm -hmm. sensitive about the racism stuff as she should have been. But then people are upset that now that there's going to be a movie adaptation, supposedly of Eleanor and Park, they think that she shouldn't be making any more money off of this and promoting that book if she has acknowledged that it's problematic. Mm -hmm. Like that she should just like let it fall into her past. Yeah. It's hard to do. Which is hard to do. And it's also hard to do when she doesn't have the rights over it as far as i understand if she sold the book sure to a company yeah she can just call them up and be like let's cancel that project please. yeah like if they that company has sold the project to a production company yeah she's not that much in charge so it's just hard because looking back i do see the problematic aspects that they're referring to but i also don't really believe in like canceling an author for her future books because of a previous book 10 years ago that mm-hmm. had problematic aspects to it yeah, I mean, I mean, it's different when you look back at an actor's past and they've done some bad stuff and they get taken out of new movies for that. I'm not saying that racism via, via written word isn't as bad, but I don't know. But is she's, so she's not allowed to produce any future content yeah. because she produced some questionable content in the mm-hmm. past? Like, I'm not allowed to acknowledge that that was problematic but yet still support her upcoming books that have nothing to do with those characters in that universe yeah Hmm. i don't know so i struggle with that a little bit because i do try to be more aware now of racial issues and of lgbt issues and whatever with the content that i consume and the people that i'm giving money to making sure that i'm not actively giving money to bad people right but does that mean I'm not allowed to be excited about a sequel to a book that I liked? You're allowed to do whatever you want. I don't know. It's hard. 
Okay. So it's been sorry we didn't resolve that for you. It's okay. That's all for my news. Is I know that was a lot. So that's okay. Why don't you do a very quick advertisement? Book digits. B double o k d i g i t s dot com. Dot com. You can go on and make a profile an account. Not you too can, late to make your reading goal for the year. You can track your books that you've read this year. Works retroactively. I'm about seven books short of my reading goal. I'm only two short. My reading goal is higher than yours. True. Um, so you can track your reading stats. We were just arguing earlier about who's read more pages this mm -hmm. year, and what our like well, average. We get into that now. Our average. That's going to be a quick ad. Your average reading speed mm -hmm. per book. Your average page length per book. A lot of cool stats on there. Uh, you can also see what achievements you can reach compared to other people. You can get points for your comments um, or your your reviews of books. Mm -hmm. uh, and most importantly, you can keep track of your enormous to-read list. Or your short, very manageable one. Either one. You can keep track of your to-read list. Thanks, babe. You're such a good spokeswoman. The children love the books. Oh, we're talking about books first? No, we just did a book digits ad. Yeah, I guess so. Did you want to do a TV show first? No, let's do a very quick book segment, because this so, one's reaching of, back into our... Uh, speaking of sequels or authors, or uh, this we read over the summer, actually. Yep. And this is a book from an author that we both loved last year. That book was Poet 10. Was that this year? This year. Very beginning of this year, yep. we read that book, I think. Um, possibly. I was making a joke. I know. Possibly my favorite book of the year. And you think that was this year? I don't think it was. It was last year? Yeah, because I remember saying she has a new, she has a novel coming out next year. I thought I read it like in January. Yeah, no. Poet X mm -hmm. um, was one of our favorite books sometime in the past year. So when I saw that Elizabeth Acevedo had another book coming out, I was very excited about it because Poet X was just the incredibly written, really poignant, really hard-hitting emotions. Mm -hmm. And... Just really affecting. Yep. I would not use any of those words to describe her second book. Mm, no. Uh, her second book is called With the Fire on High. Yep. It's a little bit of a different take because the Poet X was all written in verse, whereas the Fire on High is a more conventional... This is true. Um, how do you call it? Prose. Yep. More conventional YA prose. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm not sure if it was her adjusting to prose or... If it was the subject material or what, but it didn't. I think really it was a do combination of things. It didn't I mean, really do it for me. The Poet X had a had a lot of positives, as you just listed them off. But for me, that style was what really won me over because it let her build up scenes, but not waste a lot of text on descriptions and movements and things that weren't relevant like she focused on what mattered on the emotions and on the heart of the yeah. matter and it it's like one of my favorite quotes which is like sorry this letter is so long i didn't have time to write a shorter one yeah like yeah i think editing is hard editing is hard and i think getting across all of those emotions and um and feelings of a ya novel mm -hmm. into short poems was fucking impressive yeah. like to be able to to reach that same level of detail and like when i think back on it i don't think of the poet acts i don't think of it in poems i think of it in you know, the scenes that happen like it i was think still of a, it was still told as a story it was still a plot yeah. and a narr a cohesive narrative yeah this one it, there's a narrative there there's a rise and a fall kind of so, Do you want to give the summary? So uh, I'm going to have to cheat a little bit on this, but our I, protagonist oh, is Emini Santiago. Sure. Um, and her big reveal right at the beginning is that uh, she has a child. She's in high school. She's a high school mom. She had the baby uh, freshman year. And is this her senior year, maybe? It takes place a couple so. years later. The baby's year. like two or three. The baby's like... Yeah. Um, so that's that's kind of the premise, though, is that she lives with her grandmother and her abuela, and she uh, has the child, and she loves to cook. Yep. And that's pretty that's much the, entire book. the extent of the premise. Um, so it's kind of got the, t the, the trope of, you know, what am I going to do after high school? You know, am I going to go to college? What am I going to do? She has this love for cooking. But 
there's not a ton of tension really yeah it's um the only tension is that like she is a teen mom correct like just kind of vague uh experience or um environmental tension yeah that's it. Yeah. There's tension about them not having a ton of money. There's tension about her, like, wanting to cook, but not really sure if she can, like, do that as a career, especially with a child. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of it. There's a plot line about a school trip that ends, that is kind of, um, doesn't, you don't really Which get the payoff. you should have loved, because it's a trip they to They went your... to Sevilla, one of my favorite cities in right. the whole world. for her to learn how to cook paella and all that good oh, stuff. God. Paella. Um. Tapas. Um, so have you thought about how you'll make money <laughs> so you don't work? So, yeah, I just... I just can't even remember any other elements. There's the school there was, trip, there there's getting boy, enough money for the trip, there's there the boy. There was, like, a boy, and she was kind of didn't want to get involved with boys, and she obviously, like, her first time doing anything sexual with a boy, she got pregnant. Yeah. So... And the, ba- and the baby daddy is, like, still around, sort he's of. He's, like, a little bit dramatic. Like, he kind of wants to... He doesn't want to be dating her anymore, but he doesn't want her to date anyone else either. So mm-hmm. he kind of is a little possessive of her in an unfair way. Yeah. But all of these seem like side plots. Like, there wasn't a major plot. I think you had the best point when you were reading it, saying that it, it tells, like... It feels like she told the wrong p- timeline of the story. Yes, that was smart when like, I said that. that... The more interesting story would have been her trying to take this cooking class while pregnant, pregnant yeah. or dealing with her emotions while pregnant and having a new boy while pregnant. Yeah, this book is the epilogue. It's like this book is the epilogue. Her biggest, her biggest drama is is you know who is she going to date on the class trip? Yeah, so I think mm-hmm. this sounded probably like when you pitched it, it sounded like a good story. Like when she pitched it, of like, all right, there's this girl, she's a teen mom, but there's been enough books about teen like what happens the aftermath or the emotions yeah. of being pregnant while so we're going to jump ahead so we're going to jump yeah. ahead and deal with some of the issues she has to deal with and she she's trying to think about her career and having these issues with her grandmother and and boyfriends and things so i feel like the the pitch sounds good but it would have been a better like short story or or a better second half of a book like the yeah. first half of the book is when she gets pregnant and deals with it and then a time jump to deal with this so there was more drama or plot i just and also, like, the writing style, like, struggled a bit. There were times when she wanted to just make it a straightforward, like, and then she walked to school, and then she mm-hmm. thought about her baby girl, and then she went to cooking class and have di- normal do- dialogue. And there were other times when she was like, the cornflower blue sky reminded <laughs> me of the recipe I needed to make at home yeah. in order to fulfill my ancestors' past. Like, well, this is an absent father storyline, too. Her yeah. own father. But then, like, even with the food storyline, like, you would expect it to follow the trope of, like, oh, she starts meeting with the professionals and she gets, like, knocked down a peg and realizes she's not as good of a chef as she thinks she is. But, nope, everyone she encounters, they're like, I run a Michelin restaurant. I'd like to hire you after you're done and in the summer. also, she has magic? Uh, with is the that... food? Oh, that's, like, the grandmother kind of thing, right? Well, everybody, like, says it. Like, they feel, like, emotions when they yeah. eat food or something. Kind of like that Sadness of Lemon, Lemon Cake, Cake book. book. Yeah. Yeah. Which is never really explained. I have good news that comes out of this, though. Okay. Her next book is going back to a novel in verse. Okay. She, got, she learned her lesson. She learned her lesson. It's called Clap When You Land. It mm-hmm. comes out next May. And it's about um, two sisters who didn't know they were sisters. Mm-hmm. And their father, they find out when their father has died. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a novel in verse, again, going back to more like poetics. Supposedly this one is, has been optioned for a motion picture as well. I don't see how there's enough there to, to, to do a movie, a movie out, out of it. They are going to have to do flashbacks maybe. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so this book was a little bit of a miss for her, but Based on the Poet X and how much I liked the novel in verse, I, I'm definitely going to give her next book a this read. Amazon reviewer gave it four stars and admitted they stopped reading when it came to the class trip. But they definitely recommend it. They just wanted more moments of her being a mom. That's not a four-star book, then. Yeah. That's you read four-fifths of it. <laughs> the stars aren't how much of it you got through. Yeah. The stars are your rating. Yeah. So, if you're interested in Elizabeth Acevedo, I would say give this one a miss. 
This other person gave it four stars and said the book was bad, but the cover was so beautiful that I had to give it a higher rating. Jesus Christ. Wow. Amazon reviews. Okay. So, yeah, yeah I would say on. if you're interested in her books, read The Poet X, give uh, this one a miss, and just wait for her next one in verse mm -hmm. next year, because I think that's more uh, where she excels. Yep. Okay. So, our TV show that we're talking about. I think we should just sing the... One the song time, from start to finish. One day at a time. What's your favorite part? Arriba! That part. When she goes, Arriba! In the background, you always get excited. This is it! This is life, the one you get. So go and have a ball! So one day at a time. Yeah, that's the one. Is right. the TV show we're talking about. Yeah. Uh, this was one that we, we slept on. I did not know about it till it got canceled. Yep. So we were one of those people. Yep. Uh, started off watching it and I was like, this is a little bit sitcom-y, tropey. I loved it from episode one. You loved it from episode one. Yep. You loved Rita Moreno. Yep. Immediately. Yep. Um, I was oh, a little bit less convinced at first. I was kind of like, this just seems like a tropey sitcom mm -hmm. with Latino uh, stars. Totally on board for it. And then I got really into it. Mm -hmm. I started to have some feels. I still think the first season is a little rough. It's a little uneven, yeah. It's a little They're uneven. finding their way. And I just didn't quite... It was a little cringy, some parts, for me. Right. So a couple things here, right? So this is a Netflix show, but it's not a Netflix show. It's a, it's like a television studio-produced show I that Netflix know acquired. the two-camera, one-camera thing. I was going to bring that up. Um, because I, in my soul, am a multi-cam comedy what, can you give me an example of so friends boy meets world yeah yeah friends and boy meets world meaning they have two cameras set up and you see each scene from like each angle like it flips between the people who are talking you mean yeah like if Corey's talking and then sean's talking like you get the different angles no no you're thinking of like it's called like the one two shot or something in a movie where you see the background of someone's head then how do you know how many cameras there are it's just called multi-cam i think but how do you know that because, like, in the Boy Meets World set, in that living room, there's the one camera angle that looks at them this way, and one camera angle at the door this way. You know? No. <laughs> Let me look up the right definition. Anyways. I have no idea. So we grew up on those shows, and then with pretty much The Office, I Full guess. Full House? Full House is a multi-cam. Like, they have the one that faces the door, when people yeah. are coming in, you see the people coming in the door, and then you have the one that, like, Correct. faces the kitchen door, like, and then you have the straight-on one? Yeah. And, like, when you think about those shows, like, you're never, they're never in motion with the camera. Like, in Friends at the at Central Park. Like, they don't follow them around. Correct. Not like Friday Night Lights. You sit down at, for the scene, and Big Bang Theory, you sit down. But it's not like Friday Night Lights, they follow them, and it's Correct. really jarring at Yeah, first. yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so this is a multicam one? I don't think multicam is the right word, is it? I don't know. Yeah, no, multi-camera Because they have the, the kitchen view. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm correct. Okay. Um, so we grew up on those. And even though I went through, and then, you know, I went through a phase because... The applause thing. Right, the laugh track where I was yeah. like, I'm never going to watch Big Bang Theory because I can tell that's a fake laugh track. And, of course, I went through that phase when The Office and Parks and Rec and Modern Family, I love season one of Modern Family, and all those mock-you comedies, mock-you-drama mm -hmm. comedies, um, would use the single cam, which meant, like, the camera's always following the person who's talking basically mm -hmm. and the sets are totally different and everything but those also get stale after a while like the good place right now yeah getting stale so we'll save that for another day yeah so this is like the re-emergence of it and yeah it's just i don't know if it's a nostalgia thing for me or what but i'm okay with i mean i like stand-up comedy too when you can sense the joke coming and yes. you pause for the laughter whereas sometimes with like when I've tried to watch later seasons Modern Family, because my poor mother is trying to stick with it. Yeah, my mom too. And it's just like, th that wasn't funny, and the fact that they sort of pause for it makes it even worse, because there's no audience to laugh. Yeah, they're like waiting for the laugh, and it's not actually funny. Yeah. So this one like leans totally into it. I guess One Day at a Time is like an old-timey sitcom, and so this is actually a reboot, but oh, with... That. A Cuban American family, so it's kind of flipped everything on its head. I'm guessing. I yeah. So I thought the first season they tried a little too hard to make it fit into that mold, mm -hmm. even though they were being 
the only thing they wanted to be unique was that they were Latino. And Correct. they wanted everything else to be right. in that box of, like, 90s sitcom. Right, and because, yeah, Latin American people never got the chance to star on those shows. To not so... be, like, the maid or the, Correct. like, drug dealer or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought that when season... How many seasons were there? Just so there two? were three seasons. So we won't give away too many spoilers. So season one ends with ends with the, the uh, quinceanera. Quinceanera. Yeah. Which every show with Latin American families has a quinceanera. Gotta. Um, season two. Is, uh, oh yeah, the hospital. And then season three was the wedding. Slash drug. Uh, or um, addiction. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking about how they all ended. Because yeah. there were three really good finales, I thought. Yes. I think the finale of the first season was what kind of convinced me, like, all right, I definitely want to keep watching this show. Yeah, that was probably my favorite Not just, like, passively watching it of, like, yeah, sure, we can watch one of these because it's a short show during dinner. But, Let's like, keep going actively wanting yeah. to watch it. And then second season got better because I thought they went a little bit more unique. They didn't mm -hmm. necessarily do the same beats every single episode. Yeah, same setups, the yeah. same A, B, C plots. Mm -hmm. Like they they branched out a little bit it felt like and did some other storylines that were a little bit more punchy. Yeah. I think their writers did a really great job of tracing longer arcs though. Mm -hmm. um, with multiple characters as well. Sometimes they would be linked and sometimes they wouldn't. Elena's identity issues. A lot of management of all of those characters. Alex's kind of friend and drug issues. Mm -hmm. um, the mom's health issues. Like they did a yeah. good job of kind of seemingly realistically picking them back up and down in, a, in what seemed like a normal life way. Right. Like just because you have a health issue like every single day or week, you're not like, let's make something big about this health Correct. issue. right. Or just because you're struggling with your identity or sexuality or addiction it's not it's not every day that's the center of your storyline correct so they did a good job of reminding you that these were issues that were going on but not having them be the, the centerpiece of every single episode there were the a couple addiction of, part was good couple of misses along the way the one that lingers for me is when they had the brooklyn 99 gals on that was like kind of a stinker of an episode mostly because rosa oh, I, yeah. I didn't know at that point that rosa had a non-rosa voice yeah it's very jarring. I knew that. And watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine, it takes her about 12 episodes to figure it out. Yes. Very jarring. Yeah. Um, yeah, they, some of the ones with guest stars, um, they kind of try a little too hard. Yeah. And to have some, like, family dynamics and stuff. Yeah. But overall, they do a very good job of making you care about the characters. Can we talk through some of these characters and the, the actors who portray them? I love them? the mom. How has she not won so, an Emmy? So, talk about Emmys. Why was she not... I, I Maybe don't this wasn't know. the right year, but she didn't... No. Justina Machado. She plays Penelope. Um, Lupita. Lupita. And she is incredible. Wow. So I kind much... of want to be her. Yeah. Slash, she reminds me a little bit of my mom. If your mom she grew up in Cuba, She definitely has some yeah. of my mom tendencies in there. Yeah. Um, but she's such an amazing mom. She's hilarious. She's tough, but so loving. And they do a very good job of giving her her own character, yeah. aside from being a mom. She, like Her like, therapy scenes. Like Amy on Boy Meets World. Yeah, she's just Mrs. Just Matthews. The mom. She's, she's not even She's just Amy. the mom. Yeah. She's just Mrs. Matthews. They try a few times to like let her have a life, but not really. Yeah. Like... Like, you know what I mean? I think a yeah. lot of sitcoms, like, they are just the mom. And they do a really good job of making her a fully realized character on her own, who is also trying to be a mother. Penelope's got her her past from the war. She's got her job, nursing, her career. her career ambitions. She's got her love troubles. She's got her kid troubles. She's got her mom troubles of having her in the yeah. house. Then you have the kids who, first season... They're figuring I things a little, out, but I, yeah. they grew on me. Elena, played by Isabella Gomez, I I think was a little bit scratchy the first couple episodes, yeah. where you know I'm sure they told her to play it, social justice warrior, you know, turned up to t level twelve. But she's cringy. A yeah, lot of cringy. Times. That's a good way. To put um, it. Alex is just a beautiful little gem from the beginning. Charming. Yeah. Yes, and then you have Marcel Ruiz. Look at that picture. And then you have. Um, the guy from Glee. Yes. Like, in his, like, like the role of his life. Yes, this is who he has been meant to play. Leslie Berkowitz, played by Stephen Tobolowsky. He is meant to play this Old Jew this role. doctor yeah. who's trying to not offend people, but... And uh, Rita Moreno, who is obviously a, a legend. Uh, yeah. 
Um, you still haven't seen West Side Story with her in it, so no. we need to watch that sometime. Yeah. And then, then you we have, have Schneider, the yeah. who. It's it hard. Feels, it's, it feels wrong to say that my favorite character is the white guy. The, the yes, show, I was going to say it feels wrong <laughs> to be like of this Latino. But that's why show. he's there. He's there for me. And they also do a good job of like he is the foil a lot of times. He's the white idiot. The idiot. And yeah. he does a good job. He he does a good job of being like the lovable, correct, accidental he white never privilege has, racist. Right. He never has any sort of malice behind it, but at the same time, they do put him in check because yes. just being. Just being silly about it doesn't mean it's not an doesn't issue. Doesn't mean it's not an issue, yeah. and that it's that it's not Todd a Grinnell. Yeah, I think he's fantastic. On he's that fantastic, film. and then they gave him a much more serious. Arc oh, and in the I last knew they were season. gonna. I know. I knew they had to, they but I was praying to. that they weren't gonna. And oh, I it hit cried. me in the feels. It I hit me cried. Right I, in I think the I feels. cried a couple times in this show. They do a really good job handling handling a lot of mental health stuff, like some yeah. of Penelope's episodes where she's struggling with her mental health. Like the mental health me and then the stigma as well. Yes. About the the and the cultural mm. stigma, which is something yeah. that's not always talked about, not just general yeah, societal turn, stigma, but they cultural turn the stigma. mirror on themselves. I think a good yeah, amount of times. Yeah, they're not saying that like Latinos are perfect or Cubans are perfect. Yeah. They definitely talk about the flaws in that culture as well. Um, I was really glad they kind of moved on from the doctor's office. Um sort of scenery they got rid of the characters that were on there the first season and i, I don't think you even noticed at all the, the other nurse the, and the male nurse who was offensive no they still have them they weren't on the last couple yes seasons. he was no yes they were talking about alex's instagram that one uh, and he said he followed him on instagram well maybe the girl disappeared maybe the girl disappeared yeah. um but they definitely downgraded that once they had kind of established more of the other characters yeah, yeah. um they did a good job balancing her love life too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a very good sitcom, mm-hmm. and it's uh, it's heartening to see a sitcom that gets better over the seasons and not worse, because I feel like shows like Modern Family and The Office and uh, I don't want to say Parks and Rec. I'm not going to put Parks and Rec there, but Modern yeah. Family, The Office, The Good Place. Mm-hmm. You kind of see them run out of ideas and right. lose steam. And it's this like show, st- I statistically known that six seasons, like it's not just a joke. Like, yeah, six seasons in a movie. Right. This, Friends got awful. Yeah. This show, it's it's nice to watch them ramp up and watch them gaining steam and getting um, getting better with mm-hmm. the characters and getting being able to have more interesting storylines and branching out a little bit. It was nice to watch a show that gets better. Yeah. And have it at the beginning. Maybe this is is more like Parks and Rec, where at the beginning it's a little shaky on the characters yeah. and who what characters they're Figuring focusing out the on. Dynamics, and yeah. once they figure out the dynamics, it gets a lot stronger. Um, so that's I can see why people were so frustrated that it got canceled because mm-hmm. it did definitely feel like it was gaining steam and yeah. finding its voice. Uh, is it? Did it get picked up? It's I never coming back on some other network. On some other network. But I don't think it will matter because if it's the same production company behind it. Hopefully. So, believe the hype for this one show. Mm-hmm. It's worth watching. I'm glad we... You were the one that was a little hesitant when mm-hmm. all the hype was going on, and I was like, we should at least give it a try. I don't think that's how yeah, it happened. Yeah, that's how it happened. Mm-hmm. And then, once we started watching it, you were the one who was, like, really into it, yeah. and I was a little cautious at first, but mm-hmm. we both got really into it by the end of it, so... Yep. Definitely recommend. And it's also nice... So many shows, especially shows that people talk about, are just, like, long dramas. Yeah. It was nice to have a show that did tackle some serious Heavy issues. Heavy stuff in 22 minutes. But that's 22 how I like, minutes. I, that's how I like my... After school specials. Like... <laughs> yeah. So, I appreciated that. It's nice to have a short show that still felt interesting and modern mm-hmm. to watch. And that wasn't a rewatch for us. All right. So, now we're going to talk about the Breaking Bad movie. No. <laughs> Um, no one needed that. Huh. I, give, I give up on pop culture. Did you see the Dr. Doolittle trailer that dropped today with Robert Downey Jr.? Saw the headlines, Jr.? did not click them. Same. Thought it had Scrolled to be a joke. very quickly past and tried to pretend I didn't see it. Um, there's going to be a Moana sequel? No, there's not. I heard that. But the the heart of the ocean's been restored into Rafiki. Rafiki. Okay. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um... My other two things are very, on board. very weird things that are coming up. Okay. Um, the Great Alaskan Race. Uh-huh. Basically the true story of Balto. Okay. I made you watch Balto with me, right? I've seen it, yeah. I've seen the statue. Uh, so there is like a true 
uh, live action version. Okay. And I'm interested in it because I love Balto. Movie? Movie. Okay. Um, the other, the last, do you have any upcoming ones? Nothing. The last one. Not weird... looking forward to anything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, TV wise. Thanks. Pop culture wise. Um, and the last one I have is the mystery solving cat video game that I tried to describe to you. I don't remember this at all. <laughs> it's like a PC game that's coming out yeah, you where you get to play as a gang of cat roving cats uh-huh. who solve a mystery on an island. Uh-huh. I want to play it. No, not happening. I want to play it. Hopefully it'll come out for a game game, not not a PC game. I don't mm-hmm. really like PC games. That's all I've got for upcoming. We're going to be talking about some video games in an upcoming episode, though. Hopefully we got to play some more of them. Yep. I mean, this coming weekend I'll binge mine. Mm-hmm. We'll see. I'm gonna get stuck again, though. That's okay. You put in your hours, and it will it will happen. It'll reveal itself to me. Yep. So yeah, we will be doing some video game updates soon, hopefully. All right, let's close this off at a tight hour and uh, in a minute. Pretty good. Not bad. Mostly because we didn't have that much to say. Thanks for staying for the banter thanks. cast. Yes, this is an especially bantery episode. So thanks for your patience. Thanks for listening. Uh, we are gonna watch. One more of those baseball games? Yeah. Go to bed? Okay. Okay. Thanks for listening. You can always check us out at DD Get Down on Twitter uh, or check out the Book Digits Instagram page. And the which TikTok. I've, we don't have a TikTok. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I have started posting on the Instagram page again. So if you want to mm-hmm. maybe get some sneak peeks at some upcoming books we're going to be talking about, check Ooh. out the Book Digits Instagram for some, for some hints. Uh, and otherwise, we'll see you next time. Okay. Peace out. Bye.